Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go. 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 This is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Dawson. Pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Delaney. So what? Welcome along to Life Logistics. We're here to help. Uh, send us your questions, your worries, your wars, your issues, and we will do our very best to put you back on the right track in life and make everything um, okay again. Very quickly, Sam, Gareth Wilson says, I occasionally wear a Danger Mouse t-shirt. I am 41 years old. Am I a cunt? Mm. What do you think? Nah, you're not a cunt, mate. Ah, <laughs> uh, no way. I mean, nah. it, it, you know... Up, up to a point, my attitude is like, you know, live and let live when it comes to T-shirts, as yeah, long as it's not much. Yeah. racist. Yeah. Um, I've got I've <clears throat> got a I've got a T-shirt story, actually, about inappropriate T-shirts that I've never told publicly before, but <laughs> I think I'm going to. And if okay. you think it's too inappropriate, then it's up to you to edit, <laughs> edit it out. It out. Right, it's it's about this bit in though where you set it up. It's about a sad. It is about a sad incident, right? That everyone will be aware of a a tragedy that I, in a small way, you know, played a part in covering uh, in the media, which was the Grenfell Tower tragedy, which is horrible. And I was Mm -hmm. presenting a radio show at the time, and I don't live far from Grenfell, and it's very much in the heart of an area that I've spent a lot of my life growing up in. So I. I went with my. I called my producer, who was also from West London. We both felt quite strong that we wanted to go down and do the show live from the scene, mm-hmm. and sort of, you know. And um, so we told the station that we're going to take our kit down there and just find a spot. And I was at home, and he was at the radio station, and we said we'd just meet there. And when we got there, I mean, it was like obviously it was pretty tragic, uh, very tragic, and there was a atmosphere of grief and chaos and when he arrived he arrived with his with an assistant producer Mm. and they arrived in a taxi because they'd been in a hurry and I saw the taxi arrive and the assistant jumped out the assistant producer but my producer Mark stayed in the taxi and I went why is he why is he not coming out and she said oh you'll see in a minute just wait there I've got to go get something for him from the shop I thought that's weird and I went over to the taxi I said what are you fucking hiding inside this taxi for come on mate we got to get going well it turned up to work that morning unaware at this stage of the Grenfell tragedy and certainly the fact that he was going to be going to Grenfell to cover it mm. 
and he was wearing a T-shirt that just said on it, get over it. Oh, fuck. Right? Oh. And so he'd, he'd realised this in the taxi on the way there, and he said, I don't want to be walking around amidst oh. this tragedy with a T-shirt saying, Quite get right. over it, right? So he said to Tara, the assistant producer, has gone, Right, I'm going to stay in this taxi. Go out to one of those tourist shops. We're on Portobello Road, right? There's quite a lot of tourist shops. He goes, run across into those tourist shops. Get me a T-shirt, any T-shirt. She went, oh, what one do you want? She went, I don't care. Just get me a T-shirt in my size. The cheapest one you can find. First one you can see, just grab it because we're in a hurry and I'll get changed to the cap. So I said, oh, good move, mate. You can't be walking around with a T-shirt that says get over it. Well, they've only got tourist stuff in there, right? Including <laughs> like a lot of Beatles paraphernalia. So she's only come back with a T-shirt that says, let it be. Oh, fucking hell. Which he did put on because he thought, well, we're in a hurry now and we can't keep yeah. my T-shirts and it's certainly not as bad as get it's, over it. Yeah, it's definitely It's more philosophical. Better. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't know if you're going to leave that in. It's that. It's just. Um, it's an I'll ironic story. Yeah, it's an ironic mm. story, and it's not making light of the day. It's just an ironic sort of like people wear t-shirts with slogans on. You don't know how they might come back and haunt you. Yeah, but exactly. Just... Going back to Mister Danger Mouse. Yes, yeah, fucking fine, mate. It's. I mean, I, I think I need to see the t-shirt. Has it got? Has it just got the Danger Mouse DM logo on? Just that, yeah. or has it or got a, a picture, big of, picture of, the of Danger Mouse, Mouse with Penfold standing next to him? Because you know, I know which of those I'd wear. Yeah, or a Baron Greenback. I'd wear one with Baron Greenback on. Just with Baron Greenback on, yeah. <clears throat> or my favourite, the geezer who was Danger Mouse's boss, who I think was a walrus. Yeah, big mutton chops, didn't he? Yeah. yeah. That was a hell of a cast, that, the original Danger Mouse. You've got David Jason and you've got Terry Scott. I know. Fucking Amazing. hell. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, mate, what I think we've arrived at is that not only are you not a cunt, you're a legend. So, well done on your Danger Mouse t-shirt. I'm going to get one too. <laughs> as That's soon as I take off this get over it t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else have we got? Uh, let's have a look here. Uh, me and my good wife are expecting our first child in December. A daughter to be precise. As gentlemen who have both had daughters as their first children, what advice would you give? Well... I mean, we've been through this many times before. Um, being Forget what the gender of the baby is. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any sort of like female-specific advice you can give, really. No. Um, Although but, I do think, I don't know, because my son is still um, only eight, nearly nine, and we're still sort of, you know, best pals. It, there was a point where my daughter probably reached 12. She's now 13. Mm or even 11, basically secondary school, where mm. your relationship changes a lot. Like, mm. she's far less tolerant of you mm. as a human being and is much more, you know, there's a, there's a calling of your relationship, but I don't know if that's specific to gender. I think they just become, they get to an age where yeah. they're like, yeah. listen, I mean, Dad, I mean, I'm do my a podcast. person. I do a podcast with my son, Beans mm. on Toast, and I... Uh, I started that, well, I could encourage them to start because I wanted to re record me and him talking, basically, yeah. for, for when I'm older. 
and throw yeah, in his order if he wants nice, to go back yeah. But um, I love doing it with him, but I kind of think there's going to be a point where he gets to maybe 14 and he's just going to be like, oh, Doug, you're so embarrassing. And oh, yeah. I don't want to do a podcast. I don't want people to hear yeah. me and all this. Yeah. And it'll probably end and I don't want it to end. But It's you know, quite heartbreaking, no wishing, isn't it? Wishing things like that away because if it, that comes, it'll come. But um, It's I mean, heartbreaking parenthood yeah, in many ways. I, the relationship with my daughter's still really good but as long as I just don't see anything that might be vaguely offensive yeah and that's as we as we catalogued on this podcast that's very difficult uh, you don't know which how, how to how to you know um you, proceed you where you, sometimes where you conversation or going. yeah you don't know what the latest I, uh, update or edict is about what's acceptable and what isn't so you just got to I mean like what it. about this whole JK Rowling thing my daughter used to be all about I, J.K. Rowling. I'm not even getting into that. No, I don't understand it, so I don't want to talk about it. But I do know that she was really into J.K. Rowling. But now, if I mention J.K. Rowling, I'm almost like a criminal for saying her name. <laughs> so I don't fucking know what's going on there. I don't know what they think about Danger Mouse. Oh, I don't you know, want to know. i to go back and watch that again and pre-vet it. Oh, God almighty, don't... That. Yeah, I mean, imagine... I don't know what they'd make of Dick Turpin. Oh, they'd probably exactly, say yeah. that was sexist and misogynistic. Yeah. And they'd also say, why is the cast all white? And then I'd yeah. say, well, because in them days, there weren't black people in this country. And then they'd, like, go off on me about that, as if it was I my fault. you'll find there were. <laughs> yeah, there probably were. I mean, they I just don't weren't know. written into history because history was written by the white people. Oh, anyway. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, we're not saying for a minute that they're wrong. We're saying we're probably always in the wrong, but it's very confusing when you discover yourself to be in the wrong 90% mm. of the time. Got a lot, takes a lot of us, effort. It? Ta- yeah, it takes a lot of effort to start, um, you know, reassessing everything. You know, everything you know is wrong. You have to start yeah. again from year zero in your nut. Mm. And at our age, it's exhausting, but you got oh, to do I it, mean, I suppose. You know, Five years down the line, there's going to be stuff we've said in this podcast over the past two and a half years that's just going to just haunt us or, yeah. or possibly lead us into some kind of prison sentence. Yeah. I don't know, but there you go. We'll get cancelled. We'll get cancelled. Getting, getting back to the original question, I can't think of any female-specific advice. Basically, I've said before, when you've got a baby, uh, you're in a state of emergency and you just it's about living from day to day. You're in a war footing. A war footing, that's exactly it. You, you, you just got to get to the next a point where you can get some sleep and then yeah. start again. Be careful not to become an alcoholic all too easy <laughs> when you've got babies around, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm not just speaking from personal experience. I know so many blokes who just, you know, like to drink. I like a drink. Like the odd, you know, line or whatever through their life. And then they think... When they get to fatherhood stage, you think, this will probably be the moment where I have an epiphany and I'll just become, like, really chilled and probably be, become a sort of bloke who has one glass of wine with his roast on a Sunday <laughs> it's not that and easy. never does drugs again. And that's what they think. And, in fact, the reverse <laughs> is true, mate. You think you got your worst days out of the way in your teens and 20s. Think again, dickhead, because you're so fucking exhausted. You're going to fucking bury yourself in drinking drugs. So watch out for that. Don't get complacent. And But someone said to me, no, not someone said to me. It's a really famous quote, so they didn't say it to me. Well, no, they did, but indirectly. 
Yeah, some, I think someone told me this quote. It wasn't there. Oh, whoever, whoever did the quote didn't think I'm going to. I'm saying this to Sandalady. They thought I'm saying nah. this to everyone. But someone reported to me a quote. It was like being a parent is like giving someone else a, a bit your heart to just walk around with. Oh, right. Beautiful. It, I've not done it justice. Yet. It's better than that. But I think the point is, is that. What you care about most is the, your children, but mm. your children just fucking grow up and live their own lives, yeah, and are just bowling around. I mean, when they become adults or teenagers, they're bowling around all over the place. You haven't got a fucking clue where they are, but they're in charge mm. of your heart. Yeah, nothing exactly. else is. Only they exactly. are. Exactly. Fuck. Yeah. But that said, I mean, it is also I've, a right laugh being a parent. So don't I've sweat got, on I've it got too the much. Thing now. The, all this thing, people are going off to university for the first time this mm. this week at the minute, and I'm now mm. probably two years away from that. So yeah. I'm on a countdown to that heartache, knowing yeah. that my daughter will be going to university in a couple of years. Perhaps she'll stay local and still live here with me. Perhaps she'll go off to another town, and I'm like, she, there's no fucking way that can happen, because, hang on, she's just a baby. She's just a little baby still. Yeah, what, yeah, what, yeah. What, when did this become... A thing where she's an adult person that can go and live in another city. I've never even gone and lived in another city. Uh, yeah, for yeah, fuck's yeah. sake. It's, Jesus. Yeah, I mean, it's it's fucking terrifying. My, when I went to university, we were talking about it yesterday, me and my mum, because my mum cried because I was the last. She had she yeah. lived in a quite small house with four sons. Yeah. And by the time I went to university, I was the last one living in the house. So she mm. suddenly like fucking out. She'd That's been a mum since she was like twenty-one, right? Anti-nest syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, big time. She didn't even have a husband, right? Yeah, and so she's like fucking hell. So as I left, my dad had said he'd drive me down there, right? So he'd come round to pick me up from my mum's, and you know I'd loaded my stuff, you know, all, all my cool posters, my lava lamp, all my yeah. student, my CDs, yeah, right? of course. Um, into the back of the car. Britpop CDs. My, my Britpop CDs, my uh, trainers, my plants. And plants. Uh, so, for someone had bought me a plant to take and put in my dormitory, <laughs> you know, a little cactus or something. Anyway. Next to your bunk bed in the dormitory. Yeah. My mum cried. Mm hmm. And she was remembering that yesterday because I've had a niece just go off to university for the first time this week. And so mm. that was we were talking about that and how that must be emotional for her parents, my brother and sister-in-law. And my mum said, yeah, remember when you went? And I said, well, it was worse for you because you were just fucking stuck here in this council house all on your Jack Jones with, like, no mates. Well, she had mates, but do you know what I mean? The house just mm. fucking empty. And um, she said, yeah, I cried. And I said, yeah, I remember that. And then I got in the car and I felt a bit upset. And my dad went, what's the matter with you? <laughs> Driving me to university. So I said, wow, mum was just crying. And he just went, ha ha. Right. <laughs> I went, oh, he went, oh, don't worry about that. I mean, women, they just cry all the time for like no reason. It's not a big deal. <laughs> you don't need to worry about that. I mean, she could be crying for anything. Yeah, and I thought, oh, yeah, this fucking... she'll stop crying and everything will be all right again. This fucking adds up. This is fucking explains a lot about the nature of your failed marriage. <laughs> marriage is because you'd already done another one by then. You're like, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, women cry. It's really weird. They're always like, the best thing to do is just ignore it. Get on with what you're doing. 
<laughs> Busy yourself somewhere else. Yeah, they'll stop eventually, and then it'll all go back to normal again for a while. <laughs> Until the next time. <laughs> Until the next time. Fucking hell. <laughs> anyway, that's yeah. parenthood covered. Yeah, from 1 to 18, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh, I was going to read one there, but that's inappropriate. I won't read. Oh, this is a very unique one. Mm. Um, we're not going to get another query like this, I don't think. This comes from A. Hunter, who doesn't want to be uh, named. And he says it's for subjudice and privacy reasons. He says, oh, yeah. a, person mm. no, a person known to me has an upcoming trial concerning the death of a man. And I'm yeah. wondering if you have any pointers on the etiquette of such situations. Uh, I mean, he said uh, concerning the death of a man, but the title of his email is Murder Trial Etiquette. Jalapeño. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Jalapeño. This is a bit cosmosy, unless it's the same man we're talking about. But um, a guy who I, you know, not my mate, he's a friend of a friend. He's a local character, you might say, Mm. from the area I grew up in. And he's up for murder. (laughs) And I found this out when I went (laughs) There's a lot of it about. There's a lot of murder about. (laughs) I went to my brother's house in the countryside at the weekend because my brother, Castellani, QPR terrorist legend, has a... moved to the countryside during camp, lockdown. He? Yeah. He's just like, ah, fuck this, I'm going out to the country. Fucking gather my forks a bit. I can't become a country squire. <laughs> he really has. covered in barber. Yeah, that's pair exactly what he's... Both times I've been, he's fucking rocked out his front door in a pair of wellies. <laughs> Don't know whether it's a, a breakdown or what. But in the field next to his house, there's fucking alpacas. There's me field. There's a field over there. It's not mine, but you can go in it. It, it belongs to no one. It's a common common law field. Those <laughs> alpacas are, are everyone's. They belong to the society. If I decide to kill one and cook it, it's mine. <laughs> I had a little chat with an alpaca and with a Shetland pony. Did you? Alpacas nice. are fucking friendly, mate. They're so friendly, yeah. it's unbelievable. They were on Did the other side the of one? the field and I leant over the fence and just called to them. Oi! Yeah. And they looked up and just wandered Chief. over. They were like, all Did right. Did you see the one that uh, it crushed up at the pitch in the non-league game yeah. the weekend? Yeah. <laughs> Lovely yeah. stuff. Fucking <laughs> More brilliant. of that, please. Well, alpacas, that's the, that's the way they roll. Yeah. They're just wandering, going, go, all right, what's now? all this? What's yeah. all this? What's this ball you're kicking about? Can I have a <laughs> go? Can I have a look around? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can I play? Uh, um, 
Anyway, my brother said quite casually, I won't say the name of the bloke, but he said, oh, yeah, you know so-and-so, he's in uh, Nick on remand for murder. And I was like, fucking hell. I don't think I... We were talking about the other day, weren't we, about the someone was called Andy Dawson and did some murders, but yeah, it wasn't you. Yeah, and I just found out about it, yeah, quite recently. I mean, so There's a lot of murder in the ether, isn't there? We're in quite murdery times, I think. Maybe we're all a bit desensitised because of everything. There's a bit more murdering going on. Oh, mate, I'm not going to be doing any murdering if I can help it. I've got no plans to do any murders. No. No. Having said that, I weirdly reckon I could handle prison. Do you? How would you approach it? I'd be, I'd be like quiet and keep my nose clean, work in the library. Yeah. Keep out of people's way. Well, yeah, it might work, but you still might become a target. Well, I mean, look at me. I mean, there's there's nothing about me that people are going to pick out. You know, I'm not going to stand out in the crowd. I'm not going to be a sex object in prison. Put it that way, <laughs> unless it's unless it's as the, the target of someone with very very niche interests. So, well, I'm past that phase. I used to worry a lot when I was young. When I was a younger man, that I would be a prime target to be, be a sex toy. Too, too pretty for prison. I was genuinely too pretty for prison for a long time, but now, yeah. nah, I'm fine now. Uh, anyway, I know what I'd do, because I would stand out because of my loud, obnoxious voice. People would think, <laughs> he wants learning. Look at that fucking <laughs> cheeky cunt. Thinks he he's a funny a man. A pig or two. <laughs> he wants learning. So I, as soon as I got there, would join mm. the Muslim Brotherhood. Right. Because yeah. then you're part of a group, and they'd be good for me because I think a lot of them are vegetarian and don't drink. So oh, it's, yeah, I'm already like lifestyle wise, I'm <clears throat> sort of bang suited to them. Part Muslim already, yeah. Yeah, and um, I'd go and join them because I think if you're part of a mob, you've got protection. So I'd How, just what, ingratiate what, myself to them straight away. What do you think the um, the procedure would be for joining the Muslims in prison? Do you, is there a form to fill in? Is there an interview process? Oh, yeah, well, happens? Interested in joining the Muslims? I'm already a vegetarian <laughs> do a, and don't drink. Do you have a pamphlet I could peruse, perhaps, uh, before I put my application in? I ain't read the whole of the Quran, but I think I know the basics. Fire away. If you're going to do a pop quiz on it. I've seen <laughs> Quite all the praying now that's done. Quite happy to go away for a week or two and swap up on it, and then maybe <laughs> ask, ask us some questions. Are you... Are you open to the idea of people learning on the job, so to speak? So you sign me in, I pay my subs, and then I sort of pick it up by shadowing some of you lot. Uh, some kind of mentor or buddy system. Do you have that? <laughs> yeah, it'd have to be that. It'd have to be that. I um, yeah. I read a book called A Bit of a Stretch. Uh, it was at the beginning mm. of lockdown, and I actually... A fear of mine throughout most of my adult life has been going to prison for some mm. reason or another. You know, I'll often have dreams that I've accidentally done someone in or something Jesus. like that. I think it's quite yeah. common. And I do worry about going to prison sometimes. And so I read this book, Bit of a Stretch, which was by a guy, middle class guy, works in television. Oh, this is Chris Atkins, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I, used yeah. To be, I used to know him on Twitter before he. <laughs> really? Inside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he went involved he some sort film, of... He didn't he? It was a tax it, thing. It was some sort of iffy tax situation yeah. um, where, he'd, you know, there was a, some sort of tax avoidance scheme involved with financing a film. And as I understand it, he wasn't... He was in it because he was a filmmaker. 
and independent filmmakers just want to get their films financed by hook or by crook. Mm. So some dodgy accountant finance people were like, yeah, yeah, we can do this. You just need to sign here. And he was like, yeah, fine. But what he didn't realise was he was sort of endorsing or complicit in a tax avoidance scheme. Fucker goes down to do a fucking stretch in a proper prison. That was what was really scary. You thought if you get done for something like that because you've accidentally fucking done something fraudulent, you're going to go to White Collar Prison. No, mate. He was in... Proper prison. I think he was in Wandsworth with nutters. Proper, like, nutty Jesus. criminals. And uh, well, it wasn't fun. I had to stop reading the book, actually, because it traumatised me a bit too much. Fucking hell. Hmm. Ooh, yeah. So I don't know what to say to this bloke. Well, he's 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 added some more questions. He says, uh, "Should I be should support be unstinting regardless of the verdict? Should mm. it be conditional upon acquittal? Is it better to have no opinion while talking to other people about the case? <laughs> the person involved has not pled guilty or admitted anything. Instead, saying they were pissed up at the time and in the midst of a blackout and have no memory of when the alleged incident occurred." Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh. <God. laughs> oh um, well, I mean, you, you know, you can be, you can sit on the fence, I reckon, until the verdict comes in. I think but, it depends uh, on the nature of your. I'd need to know more about nature, nature of your relationship with the bloke. Yeah. I mean, right? If it's your best best mate in the world, right? He's made a mistake mm-hmm. whilst drunk. It's awful. It's not. It's not. That's not an excuse. But what is friendship about? It depends on the nature of your friendship. Really, a true friendship means that you go you stand by him and say look mate whatever happens I'll stand by you and then Mm. the verdict comes in they go yeah sorry mate we're doing you for murder you don't go sorry this I think I think it's almost borderline Lampardy to say well I was going to stand by you but the jury's verdict means that uh, my my own moral code forbids me from (laughs) continuing our friendship do you know what I mean (laughs) You've committed arguably the most heinous crime imaginable. <laughs> You've taken another and human being's life. That is not your right. Only God has that right. <laughs> it's like, look, you'd have to say, if he was a really good mate, you'd have to say, look, mate, this is a nightmare. You've killed some cunt. I mean, fuck him out. But don't worry, I'll come and visit you, mate. Consider and, our like, friendship well and truly rescinded. Yes. Henceforth. Uh, Official, you should be here from my solicitor. The paperwork is all in order. <laughs> Sign there, there, and there, and then you, our friendship will be will be ended forever. Null and void. It will have my wax seal on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not on, is it? I mean, obviously, it also depends on the nature of the murder, I suppose. Yeah. If it's a <laughs> drunken fight, if it's drunken fight gone wrong, that's one thing. But if he's just <laughs> You know, I don't know, taking a hammer and smashed a granny in, in, head in. Or, or if she's done a Dennis Nielsen and boiled somebody's head in a pot. Yeah, uh, I, bl- uh, I got drunk, I blacked out, and when I woke up, I chopped his head off and boiled it. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be like, mate, this is quite bad, and I'm yeah. not. Uh, we're still mates, but uh, we're not as good mates as we were. Yeah. I'm going to be slightly standoffish with you. Mm, there'll be no Christmas cards. Andy, have you ever had to... This is a life logistics, as I've been asked, but it will be really relevant mm. to lots of people. I think we might have discussed it before, but have you ever had to consciously cancel a friendship? Um, yeah, I did cancel a friendship 
once a, a proper friendship. Twenty-three. Well, it was kind of a friend. It was kind of one of those ones where the other person was kind of around a lot, but didn't wasn't really wanted. Do you know what I mean? That kind of oh, hanger yeah, on, yeah, 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 sort yeah, of yeah. thing to a group. Yeah, and, and he and he he kind of said done a few things that had just not just pissed me off, but pissed off a few people in our friendship group. Mm. And then I eventually just said, like, there was there was one incident and I just said, nah, I don't think there's any point in... That's continuing this. ...staying in touch with me because this is just, like, not fucking happening. Did you I don't see why him. you can't do that. Did you what? sack him from the group? Or did you just say, me and you... I didn't are sack in- him from the group, it was just me and him, but, like, kind of it, by by nature's uh, osmosis, social osmosis, mm. if you like. He just, he faded he away. Did, yeah, but um, I don't see why. If you've got any toxic people in your life, don't feel bad about getting rid of them. Because if you if you were in a relationship with someone and it wasn't working out, you dump them. So I don't see why you can't do that as well with with a person. I don't think I you would do it with about, a really strong friendship. You try and work it out. Do you know what I mean? If you can let them fizzle out. I had a mm. I had a friendship that ghosting someone then for various reasons. Yeah, for various reasons, I felt. Uh, probably about five years ago when I stopped drinking and all of that stuff, he was one of the people that I felt, you know, nah, this has run its course. I don't think it's healthy anymore. Was he, was he anymore. an enabler? A bit. That was one of the things, but there was more to it than that as well. It wasn't just that. I also just, there were certain things I didn't take kindly to. Um, and he done a but I, let it, I, let it, I let it fizzle out. Do you yeah. know what I mean? I, I sort of ghosted him. And that was fine. And I think he probably got the message. Plus, on top of that, I think he probably thought it's got it's a good natural filter system when you get sober. Because mm. the people who think to themselves, oh, he's a bit of a boring cunt now. They're the people mm. that you want out of your life. You, so yeah, it's no exactly, problem. Yeah. You yeah. don't need to go, I'm not boring. I'm still loads of fun. I've still got great banter, <laughs> even though I don't get pissed up. Like, if that's what they want to think, you think, right, well, that's a natural... This is, like, natural selection, right? Yeah, nature healing itself. This is Darwinian. Good, yeah. he can fuck off. Um, but now, years later, he sort of got back in touch quite persistently and is mm. trying to rekindle the friendship that, for various reasons, I'm still kind of past in my life. Mm. And I'm, I, I am 45, and I pride myself usually on being quite direct about situations. I will... What's known as I'm quite good at swallowing the frog, right? Right. Is that Which a is another term? way of saying grasping the nettle, right? Yeah. Where you just think, fuck it, I'm just going to go through this short term discomfort or awkwardness yeah. in order to achieve a long term gain. Mm. But in this case, I don't feel like the reasons I would have to give him would be quite personal and cutting. And I don't dislike the bloke enough to actually say, this is what I do not like about you. And yeah. that is why I don't want to be mates with you. You're fired. Let's just say it's someone who veers... The simplest way I can explain it is it's someone who veers quite strongly into the 97%. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. In his opinions like and conduct. Yeah, yeah. A 97%er. Yeah, I, mean, I think that that's something that I've probably shied away from, a conflict and swallowing the frog in the past, but I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Definitely yeah. go for that. But um, I... Uh, yeah, I mean, I usually do it, but I just haven't been able to do it in this case. I'm still ghosting. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah, but like I say, if anyone that's got anyone in their life who's who's properly toxic, fucking get rid of them. Whether it's a friend you've had for 35 years or whether it's just someone that 
is, is around at the time. Whether it's even though it's said... a fa- I mean, I know people who have like cut family members out of their lives, mm. and oh, even yeah. parents. Oh, I mean, that's be- tempting because because they've just been such a fucking toxic influence on them. So you know, relatives can be the worst. Relatives can be the worst. Yeah, exactly. Like, sometimes you're like friends. fucking. Can't pick yeah, your you can pick your friends. Uh, there's guilt associated with cutting out <clears throat> family. Yeah. It's well, a tough um, one. But we'll like, going it. back to the murderer, it completely depends on the level of your friendship. Yeah. Um, you and need to assess it. Is, it. is this a top dollar mate or more a casual bloke mate? Yeah. Think of it that way. If he's top dollar, you've got to stick by him. Unless... And if, he's been, if he's been boiling ahead, then he's almost certainly a laddie. If it was murder for pleasure... Then I think, whoa, no, bit weird. But if it was banter that got out of hand and turned yeah, into a murder, murder. then yeah. I think you don't forgive him. If it was a Bantz murder, you say to him, look, mate, what you did was wrong. It but was just we're still, we're still mates. I know how banter can get sometimes. <laughs> and, and listen, you know, if you still need me, like in Goodfellas, to make sure yeah. there's money going to your wife while you're inside, I can do ah. that. I could do that, but that's all. Yeah. <laughs> all right, that's it. It hasn't been a very funny episode, but I think we've... Yeah, you know, it's been quite we, we, bleak, really. Maybe it's because yeah. I've got a cold, I'm feeling a bit maudlin. <laughs> I think it's nice to go down this road once in a while. It's been good. Yeah. Um, all right, thanks for listening, everyone. Keep your problems coming in. Try and keep them light, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> Take the FND. Murder and the heartbreak of parenting. <laughs> ta Bye. Yeah, with this sort of miserable content, we could probably get on BBC Sounds. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.